Are you ready? Uh, yes. Hey! I know, I already asked you that. John Peckman Podcast, Connecticut Valley School of Music and Dance, beautiful downtown Portland, Connecticut. Come over the bridge. Start looking left uh, if you want to uh, have your very own podcast here. Stay tuned at the end of the show. Dave will tell you how. Like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. And I just want to say, before we start, um, any of my friends or colleagues that are listening that are waiting for me to ask you to be on the show, you just hit me up because I don't know who's listening. I'm not playing favorites, although today I am, <laughs> as I will say from now on to everyone. Uh, anyway, you want to be on with me and yakety yak, just hit me up and we'll get it on. Um, but we're here today with Mr. Pete Faru, old friend. How are you, John? I'm fine. How are it's you? great to see you in person instead of on the phone. I know. I know. <laughs> Pete's one of the late night calls. Yes. Because you're in... Uh, Boulder, Colorado. Boulder, Colorado, yes. which is three hours. Two? Two. Okay. So I've been calling. You're the only guy I can call on the East Coast after 10 o'clock my time. And I know that not only are you awake, you're just getting started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, get right into it. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Midnight, I'm just getting my... I'm just clearing my throat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to roll. Yeah, definitely. So Pete, I've known Pete. So I had a band with Pete uh, and Jim Chapdelaine, who is here, and Jay Wigan, who is here. Yes. And we had a band called Feather Merchants back in the what would you say? When did late nineties through the aughts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, got involved in that band. Uh, it was the, one of the coolest things by far. I would have been fine if that was what I did. For the rest of my I, musical I know career. you feel that I, way. I know I, you feel that way. I would have been okay with that. Yep. Um, but that anyway, that's where I met Pete is uh, playing music together. But Pete has an interesting history, which I don't know how you want to. Where do you, how do you want to start? Oh, okay. Well, um, <laughs> uh, I, I had a typical music career. I started with on Wall Street for 17 years as an institutional junk bond trader. Never touching an instrument. Never touching an instrument until uh, uh, I guess I started playing, I don't even know, no, it would have to be in the mid low to mid 90s. Yeah. Um, and uh, then in 2001, I left the business and we were already a band for three years. Yep, that's right. Um, in 2008, I went to George Washington University and got a master's degree in history, and then found my way to the University of Colorado where I got a PhD in history. Wow. And I am presently write a, writing a book that approximately 0% of your listeners will be interested in, so. Oh, perfect. Yes. Well, at least it's not zero. zero. I, oh, I thought you said zero. Yeah. <laughs> but that that is um, how uh, all of this unwound. Crazy, crazy. Absolutely crazy. Not a typical, no. not a typical path. No, not at all. What possessed you to pick up a guitar? Uh, well, that's uh, that actually is a simple question. Um, in 1981, when I was a freshman at the University of Hartford, okay. I met a guy named Andy Glacken. Oh, okay. And yep. Uh, yep. Uh, that guy... So you're originally from where? Fort Lee, New Jersey. Okay. I went to the University of Hartford on a tennis scholarship. Oh, wow. Okay. I was a right. terrible student at the time. I just wasn't really connected with school at all. Sure. And, uh, you know, they were willing to pay me to come and play tennis. So, like, I'm sure I'm doing that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and um, every university in the world's got a guy like Andy Glacken. Because yep. he had the coolest records. He could play yep. bass. He could yep. play guitar. Yep. And at the time that I got to school, I was listening to, like, you know, James Taylor and sure. Carol King sure. and Paul Simon. Not 
you know, obviously. Yeah, great music. Great music, but it was pretty limited. I had my dalliance, as every New Jersey boy did with Bruce Springsteen. Sure. Um, but I got there, and all of a sudden, the guy just blew my mind. Totally, yeah, sure. totally blew my mind. And uh, he had like, um, he was like a magnet. Yeah, yeah. He had all of these other kids who I yeah. wanted to meet that were hanging around him. So mm -hmm. it just kind of yep. spiraled out there. Drew played in two bands at the University of Hartford. One was Drastic Change right. with Jeff Perfader and I think Mark Britton. And then he was in a band called The Commuters, which you may or may not right. remember. Right, I do, I, I do. Yeah, right. right. You may have crossed over, but they also maybe a little early for you too, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and after that, I completely lost touch with him. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I went, started my career on Wall Street. I spent nine years at Bear Stearns. In the early 90s, I don't even remember the context of this, but in the early 90s, I reconnected with Drew and he was comp with, with Andy. And then when I re-met him, he was Drew. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I only ever knew him as Drew. Yeah. So. Uh, and um, he had completely changed. Mm. He wasn't listening to prog rock anymore. He wasn't listening to new wave. Of course, new wave was over. Sure. He wasn't particularly interested in grunge. It was all uh, roots music. Right. I mean, we're talking old timey stuff sure, here, sure. John. Sure. And uh, he had um, he had changed his. He was playing guitar and bass still, but he was also playing lap steel. He was right. playing mandolin. Right. And all of that happened because he was playing in a band with our mutual friend, Jim Chapdelaine, right. called Mr. Right. Right, correct. And yep. that's how he kind of got started. Yep. Um, and um, he went through a divorce, it was rough. I was living in Manhattan, I was living way below my means. I had this extra bedroom in my apartment. Mm -hmm. I was like, listen, why don't you just move down here and yeah, right. take, a, take a shot. At the time that I invited him to come and live with my, in that, my spare room, I was getting the idea that I was going to be in a band. Oh. And I... You started playing guitar by this point. Absolutely. I was playing guitar. Um, I, you know, I saw an interview with Andrew, Andy Partridge from XTC. Yep. You know, you and I are sure. both connected over that. Yep. And uh, he said uh, the reason I got into songwriting was because I couldn't play anybody else's music. And that's really the truth sure. for me too. I just right. I just couldn't, I tried to sit there. Hey I had a process, I would play these songs over and over again. By the time I got almost to the point where I was finished with them, I got sick of playing them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right, right. I mean, and the other people, you know, they could sure. pick it up a lot quicker. So from, huh. my, from my standpoint, um, I just uh, I just didn't, I, I was just gravitated towards the songwriting thing. Sure. I took out a couple of ads in the Village Voice and I put together a truly awful, awful version oh, <laughs> of, right. of, of, of the band that ultimately became Feather Merchants. Sure, sure. And uh, Drew actually said to me, if I had just moved here six months earlier, you would not have. Wow. You would not have, you've, you would not have made these mistakes. I'm like, well. Yeah, right, right. I okay, see. So fine. you started that before he came down. I did. And then he came in, he played electric guitar yep. in Feather Merchants. He was, yep. good. He was very competent electric yeah, guitar yeah. player. Yeah. Um, and we went we got to the point like where we needed a gig demo mm -hmm. and i said what do we do he goes well we're, we should go up to jim chapdelaine's right. studio right um we went up there with this you know band of sure not very good musicians and i'm at the head of that list at this point in my well, life right yeah but you're writing the songs i am but i, I really was not um i wasn't i, I had not yet been to chapdelaine boot camp yet right right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, 
uh, we went up there. We had a, a you know quick quickie one two three recorded four songs. Jim mixed them as best he could. I mean, you, know, you can only do so much. And um, uh, then we started playing out in New York City. We had a lead singer that wasn't that good. Um, it just wasn't 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 a, a great lineup. Anyway, we were fortunate enough that one of the songs that was on the gig demo got picked to be in a movie called Above Freezing. Oh, okay. I knew the director. He heard the demo. He's like, yeah, you know, yeah. I can throw this into the movie. I think it would probably work. I was like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. You 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 would do that? And he's like, yeah, man, why not? So um, uh, we played. Uh, we went out to Seattle with this truly awful well actually what happened was uh the night of the premiere we played a gig afterwards at a place called the luna lounge on ludlow street okay in in, in manhattan yep. and jim came because he was the guy who produced the song so i got you yeah this is kind of a funny story jim's jim's looking at the at our band i said i can't get off the stage and i asked him uh, the four words that you know you you just don't know what's coming is what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> so he says um, uh, the lead singer is serviceable. The songs are pretty good. The bass and drummer are, are terrible. Oh. And uh, Drew's playing guitar. Yeah, Drew's okay, playing. Okay. Uh, you know, and Drew, you know, he's sure. You ask Jim Chapdelaine, who's a good guitar player. He's thinking in terms of him, and yeah, yeah, not yeah. everyone's going to pass the test. Sure. Um, and. Um, I said, well, what would it take to get you into the band? Oh, boy. Yeah. And he said, well, you'd have to get rid of the bass player and the drummer. You'd have to move Drew over to bass. Wow. And that see, would... I didn't know any all this. That's, That's why I'm fun. telling yeah, you, John. Yeah, 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 see? Yeah, yeah. see how it works, just, John? Yeah, yeah. You see how the whole thing comes together? <laughs> yes. Um, and I went home that night and thought about it for about 43 seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I called the bass player and the drummer and I said, I'm sorry, we're going on without you. Oh, boy. Um, it was a much easier call actually than you could, might imagine. Oh really? And, um, I called Jim the next day. I said, all right, I fired the bass player and the drummer. Yeah. I'm and ready. he's like, oh, wait a minute now. Hold on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, that's not how this works, Pete. Yeah. Right. I was right. like, I don't, what do you mean? He goes, normally, you know, I tell somebody that they don't listen to me and six <laughs> months to a year later, you know, they're still you yeah, know, yeah, nowhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, I said, well, you know, I don't. I don't have a lot of time. Well, yeah, right. You know, I don't, we're, we're, not, we're not messing around here. Sure, sure. So he said, well, I got to talk to my wife, who's Janine, yeah. and uh, lovely Janine Chapdelin. Yeah. And um, he called me back a half hour. He said, I'm in. Wow, just like that. And that was the beginning of Feathermart. I said, okay, look, we got, uh, Drew's going to be on bass. We got the lead singer. I mean, jury's still out. We'll see what we can do there. Okay. Um, who do you like for drums? Oh, boy. And um, he said, Look, I got this guy. He's over in Wallingford. He's he's a jerk. He's, he's a weird. little bit of a character. <laughs> oh, did he really say that? I wow. believe that was the word. Wow. That he used. Okay. All right. He's like a little that. bit of a boy. Can he hit them skins? Yeah. And wow. I was like, well, you know, I'll leave it up to you. And uh, that drummer's name was John Peckman. Come to find out. Come to find out. Luckily, I'm not a character anymore. No, that's right. <laughs> that's right. That, that, that's right. And yeah. that's how wow. uh, I just basically covered about 20 years of. Yeah. Of, of the, now, wow. by the way, while all this is going on, Drew Glacken is becoming the side man of choice. Yeah. Yeah. In yep. the East Village Roots Roth scene. Yep. And the way that happened was when he first got there, he was, you know, playing happy hours, you know, rock and Robin sure. and sure. Mustang Sally and all sure. that stuff. 
And um, we were in a guitar store because I was buying vintage guitars. A lot of people don't know this. Drew was an encyclopedia of vintage guitars. Yes. Had he had any facility with money, and yep. he had no facility with money, right, right. he probably would have been one of the really important guitar dealers. Right. Um, he sure. just really understood value. He knew how to build value. He'd take yep. two lesser guitars, and he'd buy a guitar that was worth a lot of money at a low cost. It was He just could put all this together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went to one store on Carmine Street, the Carmine Street, Carmine Guitars. And um, we went in there and Drew had this thing. Saturday we'd go to all these guitar stores. He'd get a laps deal and he'd ask the guy, you know, can I play this? Yeah, thing? yeah, yeah. Well, these guys caught on that he was so good at this that he could make it look like it's easy. Yeah, right, sure. Yeah, yeah. And it's not. No. Right? It's not easy at all. Right? No. And these, you know, dentists and doctors would come in they're like, I could do that. Jesus. Oh, that I see. So um, we were right. in there. He asked the guy to plug in a uh, an amp. He so did. He's like a hustler. He's like a pool hustler. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> a, li a, little, a little bit. These guitar store owners figured it out. Like, yeah, of course you're going to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In comes a woman named Emily Duff and okay. her writing partner and bandmate, Michelle Johnston. Mm -hmm. And while they're talking to the guy that owns the guitar store, she looks over to me and him and says to Drew, dude, you're killing me with that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are and, you? And the next day, Drew was in Eudora. Yeah. And that was the yep. beginning of his you yep. know, rise in the city. He was really became uh, certainly in demand yep. at that point. Yep. And uh, wow. I mean, what do you want? What do you want to what do you want to say? He ended up he, he was playing with all these singer songwriters yeah, yeah, yeah. tom freund yeah. uh, um, uh, 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 um what the hell was that game uh, what, alex deason alex yeah. deason yeah. he got into the silos yeah. with yeah. with conrad walter. meisner and walter Ma uh, salsumara and tom freund great yeah. guy yeah um and when i was at work uh, he would be, have these guys at the apartment you know rehearsing yeah. there was another band too spottis wood and his enemies I don't know if I remember that. I forgot the guy's name, John something. He's going to kill me. He's a Facebook friend of mine. I forgot his name. Um, and this went on for a long time. And by the way, it was not it was not uh, uncommon for him to go down to like South by Southwest yeah. and play 20 times in yeah, yeah. seven days, six yeah. days. Yeah. Yeah, just set up an amp for me, write the chords down, yeah. and uh, I'll just come in and, and play lap steel for yeah. you. Well, he growing up around around here around the scene, up in Hartford, he was all he was one of the major cats around. Even just when he was a bass player, he That's was right. just like one of the most natural musicians that any everybody knew. Really, almost bigger, like an entertainer. Really, he yeah. had this aura about him. He was like the mayor of Pratt Street yep. for a while. He was yep. playing in the the Monster Band. I know you had Ramon, yep. Ramon Morant yep. on here. Yep. Um, he had a, it was a plot prog rock band, but he really, uh, he really connected with Jim and Mr. Wright. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, um, that was a great band. They were, I mean, yeah, I mean, really, really, really good band. Um, it wasn't what I was listening to at the time. I was listening to a lot of four AD music. Right. Sure. That's a label, sure. you know, sure. and you know, I got, I got hit with the, the dead can dance yeah. polo mallet like you yeah. did too. Yep. Uh, when I was in Tower Records. But your story about how you found, found that band, you have to tell. Oh, all right. I'll try to make it quick. Yeah. All right, Dead Can Dance. How do you explain them? Uh, uh, kind of early music. Uh, not quite world music. If you're talking world music from the 17th century or yeah. 16th century. Yeah. Uh, it's not something that you would put it this way. 
it's the last music you would hear in a strip joint in New Orleans, <laughs> which is where I first heard them, which doesn't make any sense at all. Right, uh, exactly. So I, I guess maybe some people, I, wrongly, but how else could you refer to I guess it's like goth music, but not really. Uh, well, But um, for some people, you know. Thanks for teeing that up. Um, the, uh, you go to their concerts and you're going to see guys like me, music right. heads. Right. You're going to see lots of Europeans and Middle Eastern people. Right, because they have a Greek strain. Absolutely, because Lisa Gerard, yep. she cut her chops in the Greek mm -hmm. restaurants in Melbourne. That's right. Um, there, I mean, she's, you know, she's... Remember, on, your parents, we saw Dead Can Dance and your parents went. Yeah. Not only did they go with us to Radio City Music Hall, when they went to Greece, they bought tickets yes. and went to see the band. Right, so there's a Greece. whole other thing that we don't even... My get. parents don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's like they, they never did anything. Did they recognize like something? In, they, they absolutely. Yeah. It, hit their, it hit their chord yep. because there's Brendan Perry playing bazooki. Yeah. Um, yep. Lisa Gerard, she's a generational talent in my yep. view. I yeah. Mean, you could, yeah, she could do any, anything. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. So um, that to me was a big thing. I was listening to a lot of throwing muses, all because of Drew. Drew played yeah, yeah. I highly doubt I would have had the life that I had musically without yeah, yeah. Drew. Yeah. I would have had the Wall Street career, I'm pretty sure, but sure. the other stuff, he just you know pushed me off. The, you're going down that road. Yeah, I know yeah. you were heading down that road. But That's the way Drew, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what he was into, you were into. That, that, that's exactly right. Definitely. So that, that's that's the kind of stuff I was listening to. So I wasn't really into the Mr. Right thing, but I did love seeing them live. Yeah, 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 great um, band. Really love seeing them live. You could just tell. I was like, Jesus, these guys are great. Jeff yeah. Thompson, Jim Matus. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, the cream of the crop. It was really, uh, it was really, really good stuff. So we had our team together, Feather, going back to Feather Merchants. Sure. And um, uh, I booked some time. Yep. with Jim Chapdelaine. Yep. He was going to be the producer and the lead guitar player. Mm -hmm. And we went up to Jackson Avenue, Yep, which um, there was really a lot of creative stuff going on at that place. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, me and Jim, we weren't new, but we, it, we were right at that point where me and Jim were just starting to work together more and kind of we had the synergy going on. I remember that. We were kind of in our bromance yeah, right. or whatever. Right. And it was, and that was... The, that Feather Merchant was a huge part of it. We all came together right at the right moment. Me and Jim were firing, and then you had songs, and everybody was yeah. firing. Uh, Jim was like putting mics on uh, ceiling fans and creating his own yeah. Leslie's, yeah, yeah, putting yeah. mics <laughs> at the top of an outside stairwell and the amp at the bottom. Also, you know, we don't really talk about this, but Jim was a pioneer in digital recording in this yeah. state. Yeah, I know. He did more with, with two ADATs. Yeah. Than anybody, and I think he had Pro Tools 1.0, and then he, yeah, and then and then when the switch came, yeah, and yeah, all he these right analog there. heads who were deriding him for going down this. Five years later, they're asking him, "Hey, how do I do this yeah, on yeah. Pro Tools?" Yeah, it's like, yeah, and he's doing whatever he's doing now. Yeah, right. He's still ahead. <laughs> he's like yeah. just just racing ahead. Yep. Um, but yep. those were incredibly creative days. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And no, I'm sitting there. Forget. I'm sitting there trying to put my track on, and there's a click in my earphones. And I'm like, <laughs> "What do you? What is that?" He goes, "Yeah, that's called a click track." Yeah, you got to play to that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I said, "Well, you're gonna stop it?" He's like, "No, <laughs> I'm not." I'm like, "Well, what am I supposed to do? Just play to it?" Play to it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. So after five failed attempts. I went, you know, back to my home and worked on that with the metronome. It's like, yeah, okay, yeah. well, this is just easy. This is just work. Well, I mean, that's not your fault either. I no. mean, we, we, you started kind of, you picked it up 
in a different order. Like I say, that that work a lot right. of us do. So we had a we that that we, it was really creative stuff. We, I grabbed up Hassan Hakmoon mm -hmm. uh, to do that yep. guest vocalist part. Yep. We were you know, I was playing bazooki. Yep. Um, we were we were doing a lot of really. It was really an that was that album. Although it was a hodgepodge of sure of different different stuff. Um, I like that record. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I haven't listened to it in a while, but yeah, it was it was uh, my first attempts, um, and uh, we had on the back of that record we had signed a distribution deal with Ryko Disc, mm -hmm. which was uh, pretty. That was sure. pretty big. Yep. yep. And we, I think, we shipped uh, seven or eight thousand records of that thing. Yeah. Um, for a band no one had ever heard of. Yeah. No. No yeah. live audience yeah, whatsoever. Zero. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. We that, never played a gig. We made that. I don't think right. we did. Not with we you. Made that record, right? Yeah, not yeah. with me. We had, we had gone out to the Seattle Film Festival yep. to play uh, to play the Seattle Film Festival. Yep. We had a, a different drummer then. Yep. Um, and we made the record when we came back. But that was the that yeah. was kind of what, what what happened. So that was record one. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Worked out really good. Yeah. Yeah. No, that it was a great time. And then record two. Record two. It um, was kind of half, I think, because Jim moved. Did we do the whole thing at Jackson? Well, it was it was complicated because uh, I decided we moved on from the singer, right? Um, and I put out an ad. I bought you know eight weeks worth of, of ad space in the in the Village Voice, and the first ad ran September eleventh, two thousand and one. Oh wow! I didn't remember that. So I could have just taken that money and lit it on fire for all it was worth. No one was thinking about how we're going to get in a band. People were like what's tomorrow yeah yeah, like? yeah um wow. there was a funk you know and, and and along those lines when i got home um uh mark god I can't remember his name he lives in colorado now but he was in a band called 34 satellite he actually opened the, my door when i came home okay um drew was making a record for oh, wow. john cougar mellencamp's fiddle player oh, okay in his upstairs bathroom Okay, mm. and um, things just stopped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we were not, we were not, uh, we were not firing on all cylinders. Everyone was really down. Yep. It was just, but I, we we'll, did a rehearsal. Sorry, not to backtrack. No, go ahead. I, we did a rehearsal for something the night before September tenth. You might not remember, but I do. I don't remember. I do, I remember. I took the train home that night. And I had this weird pan. I never. I don't even told anybody. No, you never told me this. I had this weird panic. I never do this. On the way home, on the train, on the way home, I had this weird panic attack that there was a bomb on the train. You ever do that in your mind? You start thinking, what would happen if? Yes. I have no idea. Yeah, why well, I, I have that. an active imagination. That kind of stuff. Happens and I, I had a minor like yeah. felt unsafe for no reason. Didn't think anything of it. And the next day, was nine eleven. Right. God weird. damn. Weird. The first record, you know, was number twelve on the on the record ad list. We we yeah. got good reviews. Yeah. We were we were you know uh, we had a, a record deal. I don't think I've even told anybody this. We had a, a record off a record deal offer from Caroline Records, which mm -hmm. I, I just said I, I'm I'm new at this. I don't really know if yeah, I should yeah, be yeah. signing anything. Yeah, and I don't even think this record's all that good. But you know, anyway, um, we I went a year. I I left Wall Street. I moved out to Montauk, Long Island. Yeah. it yeah. was like a detox for me. Sure. And um, I was writing music. Um, I was living a block and a half away from the beach. Sure. I was writing music, and um, I got a phone call from Shannon Kennedy. Yeah. Um, 
And she says, yeah, I'm, I'm answering your ad for wow. a singer. Yeah. And uh, I was like, well, good, because we need a singer. We were at Jackson because I remember. So go ahead. I'll, I'll tell you my version. Yeah. Um, you know, I never asked, what was, what was your, how did Jim sell you on, on Feather Merchants? Do you even remember? Yeah. I mean, he was like, you know, I got this, I got this project I'm involved in. I need you to play drums. You'll love it. It's this dude. He said, it's kind of different. He's not a musician, but he's kind of like got, he's got this songwriting thing going on. That's really unique. That was kind of what he said to me. He goes, and so we're going to like make these songs work, you know, and I think you'll dig it. And, um, you know, that was pretty much what he told me. And he just said, you know, we're going to start off just doing session dates. I think, I don't really remember if it was like, you're in the band, but it was like, we're going to make this album. Cause I was making albums for Jim here and there. And I don't, in my mind, I think at first it was like just making this record. Yeah. But then it was like, Oh, this is going to be a band. Like, and, and, um, for whatever reason, I mean, these things happen. I actually, I became a fan of the music. Like oh. when making that record, I, I loved it. I was just like, Oh, this is, I love this stuff. So I got, I got drawn. I don't remember how I got drawn, but I immediately was like, oh yeah, I know I want to do this. I want to do this. Yeah. And by the way, it was like, um, uh, uh, it wasn't just us at Jackson Avenue. It was Donna Martin and yep. Dana Pomfret and yep. Backroads from James, Tomorrow. Backroads, James Velvet was in and out. That's right. Right. Scene. Exactly. It was like a little yeah. thing going on. There was there. A he, he had a thing going on there. Yeah. Janine was pregnant with Annie, who mm -hmm. by the way is now 25 working <laughs> in your city. Wanna, yeah. No, uh, no, she's not. No, she's not. She can't possibly be. <laughs> no. Um, no, it was a great, it was a magic time. It really was a magic yeah. time. Jim had the cockatoo, Dizzy, yep. you know, and, yep. and Lulu, the one of the great dogs. Yep. I, so Shannon Kennedy. So yeah, it was like, oh, we're doing singer auditions. Yeah. And there was, I think, a few that came in and out, and I was late. So what we did was we had some tracks, and they would come and sing in the studio at Jim's house, sing along. Yeah. Right? So get in the studio, put the headphones on and sing along. And I was late and I couldn't walk through. Like I came into the kitchen, the studio's downstairs. Yeah, right. And I came into the kitchen and I was at the top of the stairs waiting for this person to stop singing so I could come through. And I was listening to her sing through the wall. And I was just like, this is our singer right here. I had no idea. And I'm idea. like, I hope she's cool. Yeah. Like I hope that she's nice and that she's cool. But I just was listening as a fan and I'm like, that's our singer. Yeah. Whoever that is. Yeah. And, the, and, and, and she was, and it was her. Yeah, it was. And I had had so many bad experiences with singers. I probably did 150 auditions for Feather Merchants Women. It was like that, yeah. that movie, The Commitments, if you yeah, ever yeah, saw yeah, that yeah. scene. Yeah, yeah. And um, oh, she was the one. She really was the one. I just needed to make sure that we had the right person. We did. She was so mad that we made her go through all these things. Do you remember the, at the, at, what was the rehearsal joint? Do you remember the elevator? Yeah, I don't remember the name of the place. Downtime, maybe? Yeah, Could I don't Downtime Studios? Yeah. Well, yeah. we were there, and we were not stringing her along, but we were just kind of like dithering, and we were doing some rehearsal or something, and we were all there. And she just goes, um, I don't know what you guys are waiting for, but I want to be in this band, and until you tell me I'm in the band, I'm just going to... And she just, ding, the elevator went ding, and she left. And we were all just like... 
we better tell her she's in the band yeah, or she's going to, I think we forgot to tell her, her that she was in the band. Yeah, We're like, damn. Yeah. I was like, don't let her get away. I knew don't I forgot her. something. It was so funny. <laughs> I remember her just going, I don't know what you guys yeah. are. And then you heard ding. And she's yeah. like, I'm going to get this elevator. Yeah. That was it. That was, we so, uh, once, uh, she got into the band, yeah. that was next level stuff. Yep. yep. Definitely. Um, it was, uh, I was, I was writing a lot. She had a couple of songs mm -hmm. from previous bands she and I were starting to work together, although not like, you know, big time. Um, Jim had, had stuff too. Jim had, uh, we, yep. we recorded. Uh, um, uh, yeah, temporary. Thank you. Yep. Oh boy. The drummer wrote a song. The drummer Whoa! wrote a song, right? Exactly. You know, the, like the, the, drummer. the last thing he said before he got fired from the band. Hey fellas, <laughs> I wrote a song. Yeah. That and, second album, we were all... And that song really turned out to be kind of really an outlier, but really one of the most the most interesting song on the on the on the record for sure. Ursuline was great. Thank you. Well, I mean, I think if you go and, and I wrote that on the New Orleans Dead Can Dance trip, that was where that song <laughs> okay. came from. Well, that I makes was, perfect. It sense. It was that that whole ferment of things. I make, came home make, from that trip. And totally, that totally, totally makes perfect yeah. sense. And that record was called Unarmed Against the Dark. We didn't really have a bass player yet. We were we used we used uh, Paula Sola yep. from yep. the Saturday Night Live band. Yep. And from my neck of the woods originally from Meriden. So he was always a, a dude around, a hero. Yeah, he was a, a pro. Frankly, I never thought he'd be in the band. He was too busy. Right. Uh, yeah. We really couldn't. You know, he was used to a certain lifestyle. Sure. Plus, he was, I don't know, he used to call the, the gigs job sites. <laughs> and that just turned me off. Yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, right. I just couldn't, couldn't, couldn't get, I didn't sure. want, I don't want to be going to play a job site, you know? I know. Well, and I understand where he's coming from because he's played a million gigs. Right. Well, I'm saying you're newer to the That's business. Right. We're all I'm less jaded. You, yeah. yeah. I'm much less, I was much less jaded at the time uh, that, that all this. And then I at. went one day, I, I, I was like, Jay Wigan. Jay Wigan. Boy, and that was that was another game. Changer. That was a two for one because Jay's a great singer. Great singer. And you and him were in the middle of your bromance, mm -hmm. your musical bromance. Mm -hmm. And that changed, uh, that was the final piece of yep. Feather Merchants. Jay makes everything better. Yes, that, that's right. We, we were over now at on uh, Auburn Avenue, yep. where Jim's house was, yep. in the garage. Yep. Yep. Um, and, uh, boy, were we doing, uh, we were just doing great stuff. We were really, really good. That, that collection of songs was, was pretty good. I think probably eclipsed by the final records worth of songs. Last although, Man on Earth. Although I think there were people that would argue the other side of that. Unarmed Against the Dark did fairly well in radio. Yep. It did fairly well in the press. Mm -hmm. uh, we did a great cover of Heartbreak Beat. Yep. Remember that Which song? I, I love. I'm yeah, very I proud of that. I cover. know, I know. Jim putting Dobro on that. That was genius. Uh, totally changed Totally changed that up. And, and, you know, we were just kind of, you know, can't forget that Jim's a spectacular guitar player. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, he was just doing his thing, and and he was getting his chops, to, really his chops on the, you know, on the mixing board mm -hmm. were... Were were incredible, best, uh, and um, really uh, good good stuff. That record did fine. We got yep. you know some radio airplay. We got some press. Yep. We got a little thing going on in South Africa. There was yep. a woman that was here from South Africa. She took a box of CDs home. Next yeah, I remember I, we were like we're starting to blow up in South Africa. That's <laughs> for a second. We, we had we had, a, we had um, write ups in Cosmopolitan, the South African versions of Maxim, Cosmopolitan, oh, wow. People Magazine. Yeah. You think we would get within nine miles of those publications here? Yeah, I wonder why. Who knows what it was? 
Yeah, I mean, they just kind of liked it. Yeah. I did an interview yeah. with a radio station in South Africa. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I'm glad you guys are interested. And yeah, 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 we've been playing your thing. We had we had cool. little pockets of things. We, you know, in regards to what we were doing in the city, um, you know, Wall Street people, they're very, they're not very cool. And you don't we, say, yeah, they're, they're not, they're just, you know, they're, they're yeah, yeah. kind of all consumed with what they're doing. Sure. And when they can say, I know the guy in a band, yeah, yeah, yeah. they all show up. So we're right. selling this out. This is play, their night out. Yeah. We're selling out brownies. They're yep. buying top shelf liquor. Yeah. 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 Uh, so the, the owner's like, you guys can come back and play anytime <laughs> you want. Yeah. Don't worry is about that me. What was happening? I thought yeah. it was because we were so great. Yeah. I mean, we sold out brownies. We, sure. uh, we moved on. We played the Luna Lounge. Yep. We, we, uh, we played Mercury Lounge. Mercury Lounge until I uh, picked a fight with them for no apparent reason. Really? I yes, don't remember that. I did. Yes. Oh, I almost got, almost got our CD party re- uh, uh, canceled. Oh, no. I don't remember that. Well, it actually turned out to be a blessing in disguise because we moved on to Joe's Pub, right. which was a far superior yeah. situation. But regardless, um, uh, we we had a little thing going on in Philadelphia. We had yep. the Point, the Tin Angel. Yep. We hooked up, remember, with uh, Gray Eye Glances. We were playing yeah, with them. That's right. We had a couple of, we had did a gig or two with October project, yep. you know, those people yep. had sold 4 million records, mm-hmm. but my, one of my favorite feather merchant stories Uh-oh. is that you and I, we played the Mercury lounge yep. and the band that was that coming is. after us was keen. Right. Remember keen? I do. Um, uh, and they borrowed all of our stuff. They had okay. no gear of their own. Yeah. 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 They borrowed all of our stuff. They were blowing our sound check. Until I went to the manager oh, and said, boy. "You look, uh, you know, you think we can sound check now? Because yeah, 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 we kind of got to get going." Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, mate. Uh, yeah, you know that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we we ended up doing our thing. And then six weeks later, I was on my couch, uh, herbally impaired. Sure. Um, and um, my phone rings, and it's you. And and you said, "What are you doing right now?" I was like, "Uh, uh." uh. And he's like, "Turn on NBC Saturday Night Live." Oh really? I don't remember any yes. of this. You said turn on Saturday Night Live. I was it's like, those dudes. It's a. I said those are the guys that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't. I don't remember that, but that sounds familiar. It was absolutely what happened, John. Yeah, yeah. It was absolutely what happened. I'm like, God. Yeah, that happened. Um, we played with them. We played with that guy, Will Hogue. Remember Josh Ritter? Yep, I do. I kn- that yep. guy's f- totally famous yep. now. Yep. I knew we were in trouble with that guy when his fans started showing up with homemade T-shirts with his name. Yeah, on Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yep. mean, this guy looked like Brad Pitt, mm-hmm. and these girls are showing up yep. with, yep. you know, with yep. with uh, with Josh. Ritter. We heart you, yeah. Josh. We heart yeah. you, Josh. Pretty much <laughs> is what was going on there. Yeah. I looked at the, I looked at Jim. I'm like, I don't know. I don't think we, yeah, <laughs> we have much of a chance. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. exactly. So, um, and so, we were we were really we had a great following in 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 New York. We had a reasonable following in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, we tried to build something up here. We had a little something. We had there. a little something. We we made it happen. We played plug of please Hartford, yep. the, the Worcester, the uh, the Lucky Dog. That's right. We played the Lucky Dog. Oh my god! Which sadly, let me just say, yeah. I think we have is now a pile of rubble. Ooh. Just very sad. Very Ooh, sad. hard to get good sound off of a pile of rubble. The lu- the Lucky Dog in Worcester, Massachusetts. And I got to tell you, what was the name of that band we played with? Uh, Curtain Society. Curtain Society. Love them. Yeah, great. Yeah, great. love them. Great they were Duncan. so good. Great drummer. But. My favorite Lucky Dog experience oh boy. was Disco Hell. Easy. <laughs> Disco- when I pulled down the drop ceiling on a, an entire audience room full of people. <laughs> Accidentally. 
get off. What were you doing? Some James Brown song? Get off oh, all the God. USA. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We used to have a wild, me and Jay Wigan. Was he in the band then? Or no, did before but Jay? Junior was there. Junior was John, there. Uh, John, yep, yeah. John Best. Jr. Yeah, right. Um, he was there. I had a crazy, a crazy disco band. That Hold on. You've rogue. never talked about this in front of other people? How could I? How, how do you begin? We don't have enough time. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was a crazy That gig. should be a documentary, that it film. Be. It should be. You know, uh, Matt Ziner pulling his pants down and going, not Matt Ziner, uh, Matt. Uh, Matt Starr. Matt Starr. The Matt Starr. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it ain't going to suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, man. We, we had so, yeah, antics. Let's just leave it at that. Okay. Antics. It was. But yeah, I told was, you guys, I was like, you got to come to this gig. You got to see this. You're not going to believe it. It was absolutely worth the trip times 10. Yeah. I think if that one particular. So anyway, real quick. So Matt, great drummer. He was the lead singer and I'm a singer of sorts. And there was a time, a, n a number or two where we would switch and I would be the lead singer and he was the drummer. And I was showing off because Pete and Jim, you know, the fellows were there. Yeah. And, you know, packed. It's we like came a, for a show, man. You got to give us a show. It's kind of like the CBGBs of, of Worcester, wouldn't you say? Loved it. Like cramp, you know, uh, rock club, perfect. But also place. pods of people. Okay, there's yeah. the gay people yep. that live yep. in Worcester. Yep. These are the metalheads that yep. live in Worcester. Everybody. Here's the punk kids. Yeah, everybody. here are the punk kids. Here are the, the gods. Everybody. It's like, oh, my God, this is perfect. Yeah, How it was you, perfect. Yeah. Yeah, we had this weird thing. We kind of hit everybody. And I was out front singing trying to show off for them and i jumped up and grabbed the ceiling thinking i was gonna i don't know i guess do a chin up or something and didn't realize it was a drop ceiling and i pulled the whole ceiling down onto the audience and fell and yeah and i fell on top of it pulled the whole ceiling down and finished the show and then the next week i came and it was it was a beautiful copper ceiling like they just didn't they're like we just Pulled the rest of it down, like the whole. They just remodeled the ceiling. Was you original. helped them remodel. I helped them happened. remodel. Yeah. That was really a. That was kind of a special night because the story of Disco Hell is even infinitely more interesting. I don't know if it can ever fully be told. No, nah, it really would make a great documentary. Just a, a bunch of guys who were kind of angry, no one was showing up, and and all of a sudden started abusing the audience and like, hey, that's what we want. Yeah, we're they start liked showing it. Up yeah, the more that we. Yeah, the more the more that we. Yeah, thought that. Yeah. So we'll tell that story. So yeah, getting so, getting back to the lucky, Do but feather merchants played at the lucky dog and it was did. great. We had a great time. They were we totally did. cool. We played, uh, we, we were the ones that brought the damn wells to Boston to play at the lizard lounge. That's right. Yep. Cause only because we didn't have enough music. So I said to drew, I was yep. like, call yep. Alex Deason. Does he wait? Maybe want to yeah, come do up a and double. do a double with it. Cause we yep. need four and a half hours of music. We just don't have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they did and that was great. And, um, we played. Oh yeah, remember? Uh oh. The, remember the Killington? Uh, oh, of course. Vegan restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the dog that came out screaming at us. So what? Ha All right. So that we were like on this wicked. The thing was, it was like this gig is. Not that big a deal, but it, what was it? It was like all radio. It was. Promo. It was I'll tell. I guess okay. I should tell the whole yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We we were invited on twofold. One to do a W the river whatever the river was in massachusetts the radio station i forgot where it was yeah, yeah um we were invited to do that by a radio guy named bob angel yeah and our radio guy said we got a gig for you at a vegan restaurant in killington mm -hmm. and in that town in killington is a independent radio station yep. up on top of the market Con conference yeah right 
I was like, well, I have no idea what that means, but uh, we'll do it. Sure. Um, we get there. We're supp they're supposed to buy us food. The two guys who are in overalls and knit yeah, caps. Yeah. I mean, right out of <laughs> yeah. central casting for Vermont. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and they look at me and they're like, I know we're supposed to feed you, but if we do, we're not going to make any money tonight. Yeah, right. Even though there's only five of you guys. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> so I was like, um, look, give the band whatever they want. Give me the bill. It's totally fine. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we set up our gear. It's eight o'clock. Um, nine o'clock, there's nobody there. 10 o'clock, there's nobody there. Right, right. Yeah. 11 o'clock, there's nobody there. Okay. 1130, Jim looks at me. We're like, like, why are we here? Jim looks at me. He's like, well, maybe we should just go. Yeah, just leave. Just as he says that, about 12 super inebriated disc jockeys mm -hmm. show up. Just like that. Just like that. They're, they're just totally... I mean, totally out of their minds drunk. Yeah. And um, we go up and we play our set of music. Sure. And they're like screaming and yelling. They're yeah. Like, we want to hear it again. So we played the, set, played the same, whole thing, same yeah. set of music again. We want more. So so Jay, I think, said, uh, I don't actually, I don't know. You know who it was? It who? was. Yeah, you know. Eddie? No, the other guy. Todd. Yes. My friend Todd. Todd. Todd Morton. That's right. Wow. Right, he, he wow. Yeah, so now all of a sudden sure. we're playing Led Zeppelin songs. Sure, sure. We just like they didn't know out. or care, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we and we drove oh, back to right. our first speeding ticket I ever got was ever. the trip back. Yeah, yep. I was making you listen to NRBQ the whole way oh home. Oh my and god, like, that was awful. I can't wait. Look, I respected I what it is. It was not. I didn't right, but you're like, it. I don't need to hear three hours. And I'm we thinking, were getting by the third hour, you'll get it. It's like, no, I, I already. <laughs> we were deep into the cuts, right, of this of this band. I mean, we were getting like the outtakes and yeah, all this yeah, other stuff. Like, no, no, just wait. Sorry. Listen to this. That's this what is, I yeah. did. That's what I did. Sorry. <laughs> you got to hear this guy, Tommy Ardolino. Boy, he oh, can really. God, the best. See, I'm already doing it. Yeah, I know. So that stupid dog. So I love dogs. Yeah. I like to think that dogs love me. You know, that dog didn't like anybody. And we go into that restaurant and I'm like, hey, buddy. And the dog just kind of like, stop petting me. Just leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. And the, I'm like, that's sad. But then as soon as you got food on your plate, <laughs> dog's your best friend. I'm like, screw you. Yeah, Get, right. You had your chance. Yeah, buddy. you had your chance, man. I'm like, we could have bonded. User. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. And then we left dogs barking at someone out in the woods. I'm like, yeah, you know, we also, we got to mention, um, we have one more record to talk about and we will, but oh, we got to okay. mention that there would not have been a photographic record of feather merchants if it weren't for this guy, Bill DeCheca. That's right. Yep. Who followed us around. I know. Can you imagine? I was like, listen to this. I mean, he'd drive three, four mm -hmm. hours, you know, and he'd come in and he'd, yep. he'd film the band. And he, uh, where, were, where would we have been if yeah, it weren't for that guy? We wouldn't have existed. Well, I mean, in, in, in terms of photographic. Yep. Uh, uh, information yeah. we, we would yeah. not we would not have been so he was I, mean, I was always grateful to him yep. for doing all that stuff and he yep. just he just liked the music yeah well, what about the the uh, first album cover the painting oh yeah that was done by uh, uh, my really good friend Norm Magnuson yeah yep. um, I love that and I have the, the original is hanging yeah. in some museum in Alaska <laughs> wow <Yeah. laughs> they love the three sled dogs boy yeah um, so after um, after uh uh, unarmed against the dark um i was you know retired i was doing music full-time sure. i wasn't ready to do anything else um and i was writing what i thought was was good stuff um again i was out in montauk i was um yep i i was on my way to the beach I, somebody had court tv on the tv and i was mm. watching the leslie van houten parole hearings right 
And it happened every five, seven years or whatever. <laughs> right. It's like it's, it's basically like yeah. uh, like the groundhog or whatever. I think it just happened again. It actually, did, and recently. she was tur- it, she was approved and then turned yeah, yeah. by the governor. <laughs> never um, getting out. Yeah, she's never getting out. Um, uh, well, just that crazy serial yeah. killer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and um, not serial killer, but mass what, murder. You know, yeah, mass murder. That's what ah, she, that's tomato, what tomato. Like. That's right. So. Um, and I wrote, uh, you know, I wrote Last Man on Earth based on that trial and all the stories that she Crazy. told about about Crazy. all that stuff. Let's let's just say I didn't get to the beach. I just was glued to the TV mm. set watching this thing. Mm. Um, and again, uh, those were great days because we had gotten uh, enough material together. Yep. We were going to go to Jim Chapdelaine's studio. Yep. This is in 05, I think, or 04. Something like that, yeah. And um, I was the way I'd get to Jim's house is I'd, take the ferry across Shelter Island, Wow! grab the ferry at Orient Point to New London, yep. and drive to Hartford. It was yeah, really yeah. incredibly... Uh, Crazy. You know, I'd also just wrapped up a 17-year career on Wall Street, mm-hmm. and I was kind of in a detox from all of that pressure yeah, yeah, and yeah. all of that uh, stuff that was going on. So I felt, from my point of view, it was, it was really heady kind of days. I really felt like the music that was coming out was good. Shannon and I were collaborating yep. on stuff. I was yep. writing songs on bass yep. and giving it to her. You know, yep. and then all, all that stuff started. Yeah, and uh, we went up to Jim's, and again, you know, he had his he had his game together. Yeah, yeah, that was sonically yeah the craziest record. It, it was sonically the craziest record. It was really reverb drenched, yep. like you know, yep. stoner folk. Yep. I don't know what you want to call it. Starting to yeah get our thing together. We really was a, it was really the and uh, Jay was in the band by now. So Jay was we in the band, up. and and that was f- the rhythm section was just firing yep. on all cylinders, yep. and and I was uh, I was really. You know, we had jettisoned the bazooki, the Middle Eastern elements, because Shannon didn't really like it. And if she didn't feel it, what was I going to yeah, do? Sure. Force that? I didn't sure. want to do that. Sure. Um, and we uh, we ended up doing this thing, uh, Last Man on Earth. Now, the part about this that I never really talked about was what happened in a- after Jim was done mixing it. He said to me, you know, Greg Calby at Sterling yep. Sound, sure. he had done all of our records. He had mastered yep. all of our records. Yep. He said, Pete, I got an idea. I was like, all right, let's hear it. He goes, in most mastering sessions, I'm not the guy to ask about this, but you would be. In sure. most mastering sessions, it's two tracks, yep. and you're going to master the track. You fix something, f- you you set something for one part of it, it may throw the other part of it off. Okay. What Jim did was he busted it down to 25 different stems. Oh, wow. Yes, this was kind of like post-mixing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and uh, Calby and Jim... Yep. We're having like a little love affair yep. themselves. Yep. Sure. Um, so they had been working together. I think I think um, Sterling offered Jim yeah. the mastering job in Nashville. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You want to go run the Nashville office? Yeah, I remember that. Which honestly I think is a complete waste of Jim's talents <laughs> to master records all day. And he probably thought so too. Yeah, right. I'm not going to do this. This is like uh, using a it, shotgun to kill a fly. Yeah, Janine's, uh, or, or, uh, um, and he's probably still young. In school, just like exactly, exactly, exactly. So um, we went to Sterling Sound, and he really, I mean, microscopically mastered this record. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We were one of the first bands to even do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mastering. And Jim and Calby's like Pete. This could take a couple of days. I'm like, let it take as long as it wants. Yeah, yeah, let's get yeah. it. Let's get. We're we're on to something here. Let's get it done. Yeah, yeah. We were able to put out a record that really was the best thing that we had ever done. It was in radios, the college radio top 200 for 14 weeks. Yeah, yeah. We were getting, um, one of the records got picked up by a Serbian film director, Put changed my night. 
Oh, that's right. Right. And I went to Novi Sad, Serbia for the premiere of this. Wow. Um, uh, that was that was terrific. We were getting written up by, I mean, so many, sure. you know. And truth is, uh, um, there were people that were just didn't like us. The, the, you're going to get that in any in any band that just didn't, you know. Sure. There were people, I'm sure, that panned Led Zeppelin one. Um, yeah, everybody, uh, you know, all yeah. the critics. So, uh, but though that collection of songs was really the best thing that we had done. It, yep. re it really was. I agree. Yeah. Um, right when things were winding up, Drew Glacken died. Yep. Uh, yep. And um, as I said, you know, Feather Merchants kind of started with Drew Glacken. Yep. He's the one that gave me the name Feather Merchant, which I hate. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I never, 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 I don't even know why I chose. I was just tired of thinking about it. Yeah, I think. yeah. Well, he drifted out of the band. He did. He, dri point. he drifted out of the band because he was playing. Yeah, with, he just got so busy. Yeah, he we just couldn't got get him so to rehearse. Busy. You couldn't get him to rehearse. He got into, you know, he got into the scene with Jack Grace mm -hmm. at the rodeo bar. Yep. Um, yep. And th those two had a great, a great musical friendship, yeah, great yeah, friendship yeah. period. Um, he was just, he was playing with a lot of really, really different, uh, different kinds of people. And then he had this, uh, hyperthyroid condition and he had a what's called a thyroid storm and died i was i just Yikes. happened to be home um i just happened to be home in new jersey from george washington and uh, a friend of mine sent me an email he's like you gotta pick me up and get me over to brooklyn to you know drew's on a life support he's not Whoa. gonna make it so that was the last time i saw drew alive Lord. was in a was in a hospital bed and um, the the thing about it is, he started feather. He was at the beginning, sure. and the last show we played was a memorial concert for Drew Glacken. That's right. Now, not yep. the last show, not the one in Hartford, but the one in New York. Yep. We had no rehearsal time. We yep. hadn't played together in over a year. Yeah, I remember. And um, that was the best we ever played. I think so. It yeah, was just a four that. song tight kind of angry set. Really, it was a very. Uh, I was playing a lot of, I was playing that tenor Rickenbacker, yep. which yep. became kind of my thing, you yep. know? And uh, it was, it, I had just, you know, every once in a while you hit your effects pedal and it just produces exactly yep. the right tone. You don't even know how you got it. And uh, that really, really kind of, um, I had I had people that were coming up to me afterwards. Yeah, yeah. That said to me stuff like, you know, I've been in your apartment and I've seen your, all your guitars and I really don't trust people with a lot of guitars. Sure. Um, but now that I've heard your band, man, I really, you know, I totally get it. I totally get what hey, you're doing. Yeah. We had I, people, I got emails after like, when is your next gig? Actually, we're kind of no longer a band. Yeah. yeah. And uh, of course, when we stopped playing together, the band was really peaking. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think so. But then luckily, I don't want to run out of time. Okay. But luckily we did made a live album because we were oh lucky totally forgot about that recorded a bunch of gigs a handful of gigs at joe's pub and also in hartford which i was glad because not that i don't i think the uh, the live album is the best album for me yeah for me a pull from the flask yeah because me we were just starting to it, I, whatever as these things that happen. that only came together because i came home from amsterdam where i was living yeah and uh, a Jim called me. He's like, you know, I've been cleaning out my computer. Yeah, I got all. Remember these? Yeah, remember these? I'm yeah. like, well, what are you doing next week? He's like, nothing. Let's, do Let's it. mix it. Yeah. We oh, mixed yeah. it. And then I'm so glad. There's a version good. of Temporary where he's singing a verse. Yeah, of yeah, Temporary. yeah. That was my favorite part of it. I remember we were in the studio. Yeah. And all of a sudden it comes on and he's singing. I'm like, yeah. 
oh, that's right. And you're like, that's right. Remember, we're <laughs> yeah. like, just sing it. Yeah, 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 just do it. And it turned out yeah. so good. He was, it was really kind of, uh, the funny part about that is the only tracks we could use were the ones from Hartford because the ones in New York yeah. were too fast. Oh, sorry. My fault. I tried to take blame for it and Jim wouldn't let me. He's no, like, it's my fault. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it, those are, it's a whole different set of music. Sorry. It happens sometimes. Sometimes it was daddy, a big night. Daddy, daddy so, takes the wrong pill. So, so, sold out Joe's pub, yeah. press in the audience. We had, yep. you know, tons of people that were there to see us. Yep. Well wishers. People knew that we were kind of winding things up. They were, it was just a kind of a wild night, but that was, yep. uh, that was kind of what happened with feather merchants. Yeah. Yeah. We got caught right in the, in the lost in transition. Yeah. Where music kind of started to lose its worth. I was, you know, we were trying to, we, we were gearing up to sell, CDs to sell, and that just people were just stealing our music, right? Yeah, yeah. We, it, we were just right there exactly. where the business fell apart, right? As we were kind of exactly just getting there. I was starting to think that there really was no economic future for music, right. but I always believed there would be an artistic future for music, and you are correct. Yeah, so I never really, you know, the next band I do, if I ever do a band again, sure. I'm, it's not going to be in terms of hey, I uh let's let's see if we can make this an economic success yeah. well we nobody knew i mean we were still operating on that there there could be you know yeah there could have been yeah but um but i mean i'm certainly glad like i say i i would have been fine if that was the th if i were john peckman drummer of feather merchants i would have been like that's fine that it was for me. you had great ideas my 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 thing was let him go let him do his thing that's what I said to Jim too. Well, I we had the right people, you yeah. know, with Jay, because we love songs and That's the music. Right. It wasn't like we're not going to turn this into we're not, an, into a funk band, you know, <laughs> or whatever. You know, I know. We, we both, we, we all, we even made temporary, which was really a Mister Right song, yeah. into our own thing. Yeah. I yeah. mean, ask Jim. I think he prefers the Feather Merchants version of that song. Pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. All right, I don't want to run out of time. All right, man. Um, do you want to tell us briefly what you're doing now? So. We haven't been a band in a long time, but you and I stay in touch. We do. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm writing a book, but I'm also working on new music. My sort of my secret plan is to put together a kind of ad hoc band sure. in, in Denver, full of cats. There's a great music scene out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and re and release another record and and see what's what with me singing. Great. And yeah. uh, you know, I playing a lot of tenor guitar. That tenor guitar Rickenbacker kind of yep. became my thing. That's and, your thing. And that's uh, that's really what I'm doing. I've got a ton of stuff other going on, you know, presentations, yeah, yeah. articles, you know, academic stuff, which sure. no one would be interested in. But that was uh, that's pretty much what I'm doing. Cool, cool, far out, far out. You have to do a show on Disco Hell. There should be just one show. We about will. Disco all right. Hell. All right. We will. We'll get a round table. Yeah. Get some. Get 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 all of those freaks. All right. There. All right. We will. We will. <laughs> We're talking about getting together before Matt moves back to LA, just having like a, you know, cookout with the fellas going up there and getting some of the, yeah, we should. I, I'd like to, I'd like to see a little round table here, man. All right. Uh, that would be cool. Thank be, you so much for having I, me, man. Oh, of course. But wait. Yeah. Desert Island albums, a few. My Desert Island records? Sure. Um, that would be the first Explosions in the Sky record. Yeah, sure. Uh, the Real Ramona by Throwing Muses. Okay. Yep. Toward the Within mm -hmm. by Dead Can Dance. Sure. Um, I would go with a record by a band no one's ever heard of called 7% Solution. Oh, that's right. 
all about spaceships and satellites. Yeah, you're always talking about I that. know. I don't know why. It's just, it kind of got its hooks into me. I couldn't let it go. And if I had to throw a fifth out, and by the way, you could change any one of these. Sure. I, I would have to go with, um, oh boy. Jeez. Um, oh, Beck's Morning Phase. Oh, sure. That was an easy. That's a layup. Yeah, that's an Iceland album. I think that came out when we were when we went to Iceland. That's I was listening to that then. There wasn't a bad song on that record. No, so I'm 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 totally with that. So that'd be my five. Yep, I'm with that. Uh, Desert Island Food. Um, Desert Island Food. I'd have to go with my mom's stuffed peppers. Hey. Greek the Greek recipe would would be pretty dynamite for me. There you go. Um, spaghetti and meatballs. Sure. Uh, um, uh, I would have to go with like, you know, mushu pork. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a, a, a big broiled lobster from the palm. Hey, sounds pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 you, you got the deep inner, inner stuff there. That's Jeez. good. It's the things that I did not know. The other 50 interviews I did, I never talked about this stuff. <laughs> That's what I want this to be too. It's just like things that, that you don't ask. That's right. Because you know, everybody has. I got to ask this stuff all the time, you know. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, it was... Let me tell you, uh, even though it wasn't an economic success, I wouldn't have traded the Feather Merchants experience for the world. Me neither. The people that I met, I'll never forget them. We're still We're still friends. Yes, I yeah. still love yeah. Jim, love yep. Shannon, love Jay, love all those people. Yeah. Love all the people that Drew played with. Yep. You know, he was his end was kind of tragic. Didn't yep. didn't have to be. Yep. And um uh, all of that experience, even though it didn't turn into us playing Madison Square Garden, I wouldn't have traded it for anything. Right. It, no, I, I wouldn't have either. And I learned to come to terms with New York City because I grew up always hating it. Yes. And then I spent so much time there with you that by the end I was like, I got this. Yeah, I'll tell you one, one other thing <laughs> and then we can wrap it up. When I was a, a, a junior in college, yeah. we put together, we entered an air band contest. Sure. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with Drew Glacken as, as Bono, oh, me as the edge and a Dunlop tennis racket. Yep. Uh, the bass player was this kind of famous Haitian guy named Stefan Coles. And the uh, drummer was Andrew Stanton, the guy that founded Pixar. <laughs> wow. See, we're getting scoops here. Yeah. You can right. only hear and then this the, stuff. And then the here. following year, Dan Weddle, uh, if you've ever met him, he ended up being taking the Larry Mullen Jr. role because Andrew Stanton left to go to Massachusetts, some art school in Massachusetts, and then he founded Pixar. He's got to be worth a couple of hundred million dollars. See, the things we learn here. I know. At the John Peckman podcast. That's the thing. Yep. You never, there's things you can only find out here. It's really true. It's cool. Yeah, I know. It's wild. All right. We're going to wrap it up. Thank you for coming. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. I haven't seen you, seen you in person in a while. That's right. So, Usually it's at the other end of the phone. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, John Peckman podcast. I was here with Dr. Peter. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I'll take it. All right. All right. Cool. Dr. Pete Brew, we spent many years playing music together. And he's here now, and we are not here now. I'm going to press the button. You ready? Yep, do it. Okay. John Packman Podcast, Connecticut Valley School of Music and Dance, beautiful downtown Portland, Connecticut. Come over the bridge. Go through one set of lights. Start looking left. Getting pretty good at this. Listen. Here how you can have your very own podcast, a mobile podcast studio coming up. If you're listening and you my friend or colleague and you want to be on, don't wait for me to ask you. You ask me, and let's do it. All right. That is all. Thanks, kids.